We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. I think we, in 2020, if anything, we've learned more how to just give God thanks and glory regardless of what's going on. Man, this, this, this has been a wild one, hasn't it? So we're at, we're, we're at the, uh, the end times drama number eight tonight. Uh, last week we were looking into Luke 21. And in Luke 21, it's the same account you find in Matthew 24. And as the Lord was talking about things, they were about to take place in the, in the lives of the Jews. In verse 24 of Luke 21, he mentions the times of the Gentiles. And that's what we want to talk about. That's our subject tonight. The times of the Gentiles. Because in Scripture, the times of the Gentiles is an important piece of us understanding what that's about, what it means, and and and. We're Gentiles here, so obviously we're thoroughly involved in the times of the Gentiles. It's an important thing for us to understand. Remember we talked about the prophecies, how that there is prophecy for the Jews, prophecy for the church, and prophecy for the world. Well, what entails the church is Jews and Gentiles, right? There are Jews that are in the church. They're beginning, we're all Jews. In the world, it's Gentiles and Jews, right? But the prophecy for the Jews is just for the Jews. So what we're going to talk about tonight kind of interacts with us and the Jews. So uh, the times of the Gentiles, even though we understand when Jesus was speaking, he was speaking to the Jews about events that were about to take place in the next months and years and in the next 35 years, things that were going to happen. He was talking to him about that. And so uh, we understand that these were all part of times times the greek word times kairos means occasion a set or proper time that's the that's the definition of kairos so as we're speaking of things in their occasion or in their set and proper time so let's understand something there are things that jesus was speaking about that there were a, there was a set time this was going to take place or there was the proper time in other words things had to happen and come together in the proper time for this to take place then there was an occasion when things took place. So there, the Kairos is, is, is a moment, uh, an import in time when something happens. But Jesus used the word times. So there's multiple ports and places in time of events that are supposed to happen when we talk about end times. So let's keep looking. So events spoken hundreds of years previous that in their proper time, they're now coming into fruition you know, again, Jesus was speaking things to the Jews that had been prophesied, and he's reiterating the things that were prophesied. So back then, things were prophesied as a an, a kairos or an, an import in time that Jesus was again speaking. It's happening now. It's going to be happening. So the Greek word for Gentiles, just just let this kind of, is ethnos, ethnicities where we get our but it's ethnos gentiles that word gentiles in the greek means race tribe foreign non-jewish pagan or heathen ethnos e-t-h-n-o-s it means race tribe foreign non-jewish pagan or heathen so the times the kairos import moments of race tribe non-Jewish people, okay, so Jesus is speaking of kairos moments, times 
uh, of occasion or set times in history concerning those people other than Jews. Times of the Gentiles other than Jews, even though the Jews are involved because there were Jews in the church and there are today. The port in time he's speaking about is this, and we're going to talk about what that means, time of the Gentiles, times. A, a different race or races, tribes, foreign, non-Jewish, pagan. Okay. During Jesus' day, there were many, many Gentiles, right? We all agree with that? Probably more Gentiles than Jews. But understand that from the times of prophecy in the Old Testament until today, the number of Gentiles has greatly increased. I know that's a wow moment for you. There's a lot more Gentiles now than there ever was. These are things to keep in mind of, about what we're about to talk about. And so the Kairos moments will stretch throughout history in the time uh, uh, until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. So from when the time of the Gentiles began till it's time fulfilled, there are various Kairos moments that lead up to end time, various things that have to happen. So the word fulfilled in the Greek is pleru, P-L-E-E-R-O-O. It's actually pronounced plirao, plirao, I'm sorry, plirao, but it's P-L-E-E-R-O-O. It means to make replete. The word replete means to feel, be filled or well supplied. And so fulfilled means this, well supplied, filled, crammed, leveled up, furnished, executed or finished and so the times the the kairos the appointed those places in time of the non-jews will be filled well supplied crammed furnished executed finished what 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 does that mean there are things in the times of the gentiles that have to happen this has to be executed in this point in time this has to be executed in this point in time it's like executing a will you're not executing make happen and so those things have to happen as well in that same there are things that have to be finished completed there's things that have to be furnished in other they in other words there are times in the gentiles age that the gentiles didn't have here that as it goes on those things will be furnished in that age that bring about the end time you know how people will say this prophet prophecy hasn't happened and so the end time can't happen yet so guess what the times of the Gentiles has been furnished now. There is no prophecy left that has not been fulfilled for the Gentiles. There's none. It's all been furnished. It's all set in place. It's all ready. It's all completed. We're standing in it. The gen so the times of the Gentiles at some point in history are going, it's going to be at some place at the end. Let's, let's look at it this way. We're, we're talking about the end times, but at some place there's going to be an end, right? Okay, so that time comes when everything is filled, well-supplied, crammed together, leveled up, furnished, executed, and finished, when it's all completed. In other words, God's purpose, God's word is all finished and completed in our era or arena. Then it's the time of the Gentile is over. It doesn't bleed over. There's a point in time and we're not going to talk about that point in time tonight. We're going to talk about that next week. There's a point in time when that happens. Now, remember, it's not a bam, boom, boom thing. But for the Gentiles, there's a point in time when our everything that we need in this age of grace will be completed. 
And after that event, the age of grace will be done. There'll be no need for the grace anymore because you enter into a new age. But we'll talk about that next week. In other words, at some point in history, the rule of the Gentiles, see, the times of the Gentiles is a rule thing over the world, and what, that's what we're about to talk about. The, the rule of the Gentiles in this world will be over. We've ruled this world a long time as Gentiles. So let's talk about times of the Gentiles. The times of the Gentiles is a Bible reference to the rule of Gentiles in the earth. The period of time... And, and this, I want to talk about this a little bit because it's something that I think we miss. The period of time when the visible theocratic kingdom of God in this earth is absent. When the Gentiles rule the earth, that there was a period of time when the theocratic, the visible theocracy, government of God, existed in this world and ruled this world. There came a time when that stopped. And the Gentile kingdom took over. The Gentile, the time of the Gentiles, there's going to come a time when the time of the Gentiles is over and the theocratic rule takes place again. Is that, is that, I'm going to try to stop and if you have a question or if you have a thought, you need, we need to talk about it as we're going here but because it's something we need to understand. Uh, understand that before this kingdom came into be, that, that visible theocratic kingdom, God's always been the ruler of kingdom, right? But there's a visible kingdom in this world at one time. There was a theocratic rule of, of, of the world. And so understand that before that, before that started, because that was not at Adam. That didn't start at Adam. But before, and we're going to talk about when it started. But before that kingdom, that theocratic kingdom started, there were Gentiles. But the Gentiles didn't rule the world. Not like we rule today, and there's a purpose for that. So understand that before this kingdom came into the earth, again, uh, there were Gentiles. They didn't rule it. At Sinai, Moses at Sinai is where God began to dwell among his people in the tabernacle. Okay? Let's talk about the start of this theocratic, visible theocratic government that God set up for his people to live by. It started at Sinai when he received uh, the commandments, when the, uh, and that's where it began. Then he f- receives the law. Before Sinai, God's covenant with man, such as Noah, Abraham, was direct and personal. So, so understand that God's always talked or led through with people, but it was personal to them. He, would speak to, he spoke to Noah. He didn't speak to all the world and say, I'm going to do this. He spoke to Noah. He, he didn't tell all of the, these people, you know, there's going to be a, 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 a place, a land you're going to go to, this milk, all of this. He spoke to Abraham. He was very direct. To, but at Sinai, through the commandments and through uh, the institution of law, God's covenant, uh, for the first time was this formal establishment of what the government of God would be visibly in the earth, the theocratic and design in nature. In other words, <clears throat> the design of God was to have God-driven government in the world. That, that was the design of that was the purpose of law that was the purpose of what they were living is so that God would be rule over them he would be their king correct correct but it's the and again let's let's back up to world back up to world because remember we talked about world and it's understanding when you're looking at scripture and you're looking at world when you're talking about 
what we're talking about tonight, the theoc- you're talking about the Jews, you're talking about Jerusalem, you're talking about Israel, and that's, that's the arena that you're talking about in. Were there other people in what was now today South America? Yeah. North America? Yeah. Russia? Yeah. China? Yeah. But what, but what we're looking at is Jerusalem is the center, the capital. And so in that arena, in that area, where it would, would blossom out. So they rule that arena, that area. That was the place that, that uh, God had his people. And that's the thing to remember, and that's a good question. Wherever God has his people and wherever God situates his people, God intends for his people to rule there. He doesn't just place them in there just to exist. And so he did that with what we know as Israel today. He's done that with the church today. And that's where some of this interacts, is that we're intended to rule where we're at. Right. Ruling the whole world, yeah. So, so understand this, 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 the law, the commandments and all those things, that was God, that was theocracy. God ruled, God driven, God designed. And the difference between him talking to Noah and him talking to Abraham, he talked to them directly about their direct descendants or people directly affected to them. But when he talked to Moses and he gave him the law, when when we spoke all these things, he said that through this, through this theocracy and through this thing that I spoke to you, all the nations of the world were going to be blessed. So he, he institutes this thing because it's intended to bless the world, not a particular person. And so this is where this, the, the, the theocracy government are understanding that, that this is where the, the time of the Gentiles didn't, doesn't exist. The Jews have, so God's going to dwell with his people as their king. Now, we know that Moses, we know the judges, we know kings, uh, they were all divinely anointed as leader representatives, but they were not. God never intended Israel to have a king. We understand that, right? We, you know, they begged and begged and begged because the, you know, the, uh, the uh, pagans had a king, and, man, we want to have a king because the pagans have a king. But that wasn't God's intent. He was in, the intent was for him to be the king. The whole design, again, was theocracy, Godhead. Okay, the reference of time in the Scripture for the theocratic kingdom, it was not based on the age of the world. Because there were Gentiles previous to that, but it was it was based on the range of Jewish leaders. In other words, and there's, this is important to understand, is that the times that God talks about to the Jews is based on the times of Jewish rule, not previous to that. And, and, and let me just give you, for instance, is Jesus, is, as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Sodom, those, those days prior, those, those are prof- prophetic references to some, something else than what you're reading or what you're looking at because they're references to pre-theocratic God government in the earth. Okay? We're going to come back to this. Just let that kind of write that in your note because we're going to come back to this because it's important to understand that there is a division of prophecy in Scripture. We said it and said it and said it, but until you see it, it, it'll surprise you when you see it, and it'll make a lot of sense when you see it. Uh, but, but most people that talk about prophecy really don't understand the, the three separations of prophecy in Scripture, and so that's where the confusion comes. So, so it, 
Uh-huh. The th- are, are the theocratic times, right, the theocratic kingdom in which there were reigns of Jewish leaders. Yeah. E- even the negative kings, even the really bad kings that were Jewish kings, their point and reference of the theocratic time that we're going to talk about is referenced within that set of parentheses. Can we use it that way? The the- because the-, the theocratic government of God started at a point, and it will stop at a point. It doesn't end at this point that it stops because it's going to kick back up again in the end. But it stops at a point for a reason. To the Jews, correct. So when you're reading a prophecy concerning the things of the theocratic time, it's a prophecy about the Jews. Okay. You you mean to read it again? Okay. Okay. Uh, The references of time in Scripture for the theocratic, theocratic kingdom are not based on the age of the world. They're, they're, you know, because there were Gentiles previous to that, as well as people that God spoke to. But they're based on the reigns of Jewish leaders that God put into place. That being, there were times when there were kings, there were judges, there were those, all of those times. Does that make sense or not? Or Okay. To, it'll go all the way to a point. No, it doesn't go to Calvary. It stops before Calvary. Way, way before Calvary. And it just stops. It doesn't mean it ended then. It stopped because we'll talk about that in a second. The law of that kingdom, the law of the kingdom, of the theocratic kingdom, is the Torah. Okay, now does that make a little more? Okay. That's theocratic governing. God governed by God's law. And man was governed by God's law. So we find that after God left the temple in Ezekiel 10, that Israel fell to Babylon. In other words, something happened that caused God to walk out. You've heard not long ago, Pastor talked about it. He went to the to, to the door and nobody noticed. And he so he goes to the outer and nobody noticed and he keeps going. So he finally gets to the gates of the cities, nobody noticed, so he's gone. He just leaves. Ezekiel chapter ten. At that that is the point, the swing point, the swing time where you find that Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon overtook Israel and, and sunk them into captivity. This is the beginning of the time of the Gentiles. Israel is no longer governed by a theocratic government because God said, okay, that's what you want, that's what you get. Now Israel is going to be under the thumb of the Gentiles until the Gentiles' age is over. And think about this. From Nebuchadnezzar till now, think about what's happened to the Jews. If you know any history about what hap- what's happened to the nation of Israel, to the Jews, from the time of the fall in Babylon till now, think about how the Jews have been under the thumb of Gentiles time and time again, over and again, war, this, captivity, all those things, uh, Hitler, all of those things. That's all given within the time of the Gentiles. That's, that was the beginning of the time of the Gentiles. Matter of fact, Daniel talks about that. The, f- the fall of Jerusalem. Fall of Jerusalem, yes. That's the beginning of the time of the Gentiles. Back, 
the pro- they came back. The problem is they couldn't be under the governorship of the theocratic mode because the, what was there before they no longer had access to. Does that make sense? Because of the destruction of Jerusalem, not only was Jerusalem destroyed, but re- what, everything there was destroyed. And so they were under the Torah. Right. They're under the Torah. And so the Torah said, this is how you worship. This is how you sacrifice. This is the things you use. These are, you know, here's covenant, ark, all this stuff. And so when all of that happened, now they come back and they want to reestablish. They can't reestablish everything. That was part of it, yes. That's, that's part of the... I was just going to say, from the time that Jeremiah left Jerusalem, when, when Nehemiah went back and rebuilt the city and the temple, there never was an Ark of the Covenant yep. in the Holy of Holies ever again. And, and so critical. Critical. Because without the mercy seat, you can't split, shed the blood. And the blood on the mercy seat was what took the, the sins forward again. And forward again. Well, that that's you know the, the and and the ark wasn't the only thing that was gone, but that was the key principle. And so even coming back, they, they now they're they got what they asked for. That that's the sad. And, and we have to say that because listen, we as a country are going to get what we asked for. It's in prophecy. We're not in prophecy, but what you get is what you asked for is in prophecy. So we are going to see that. So this all started about 586 B.C. Just if you want a time frame, th- this whole event we're talking about started about 586 B.C. So you- you're talking, you know, several you know, several hundred years. Since the Jewish people had, since then, the Jewish people have been subservient and subservient and subservient to one after another after another. And in the time of Jesus, it was to whom? Rome. So, and we're going to talk about that in a second. So, so there, there would be Gentile kingdoms that would dominate the world from that point on. At that point in God's theocratic thinking, the Jews ruled the world. But when they did what they did and God walked out, now that same known world, the Gentiles, are going to rule it. The problem is what we said earlier. Since that time and now, there's been a lot more Gentiles, a lot more Gentiles. And everywhere the Jews go, there's Gentiles. And everywhere the Jews go, the Gentiles rule over them. The Gentiles rule over them. So there's always that Gentile kingdom. So Daniel, in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, he talks about those kingdoms. He gives prophecy about the kingdoms that will rule over the Jews. The first one was gold, Babylonian kingdom. The second one, you'll, you'll remember the statue. Okay. Silver, the Medo Persian kingdom. Then there came brass, the kingdom of Greece. Then there came iron, the kingdom of Rome. And then the kingdom of iron and clay and to be determined. Now, if iron was Rome, then iron and clay have a iron being Rome, part of Rome, but mixed with clay. 
So that, that to be and Daniel in chapter two speaks of this beast. Later on, he speaks of it again. He speaks of it being kings, beast. But it's that he he foretells the exact run of the mill, if you will, of who was going to have their thumb over God's people. And so what happened? Babylon, Medo Persia, Greece, Rome. And then this this last this last group. Paul Paul speaks about this in part. If you look in Roman, Romans chapter eleven, verses twenty five and twenty six, he 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 speaks in part about this. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own conceits. Now again, this is Rome. This is to the church at Rome, and primarily, not all, but primarily at that point in time in Paul's writings, primarily the church was still Jewish. In Rome, there were those in Rome, Italy, obviously that that were outside of Judy, you know, being Jewish that had come into the church. But Paul, primarily, when you look at Romans, you see that he's talking to his brethren, and we know it's the church. But you, when you look the word up, you find out he's talking about his fellow kinsmen, and fellow kinsmen would be Jew to Jew, and so he says that you be wise in your own conceits. That blindness, in part is happened to Israel until the fullness. That word fullness is pleroma, and it means the same thing as, as complete. It's full, finished, complete. Of the Gentiles become in. So he, he mentions this. Paul mentions this same thing again. He says, listen, you know, you, you guys were partly blind, and you're partly blind because in, in Jesus, in, in Paul's day, they were partly blind, number one, because they didn't, they, they didn't receive Jesus as the Messiah. But the other aspect of that, it goes way back to the Babylonian kingdom while they were still blind. It didn't start in Jesus' day. When God walked out, Israel is blind. Israel's blind. They're blind for some 600 years. They're, when Jesus came on the scene, what did he find going on in the temple? All kinds of junk other than but not Jewish law, not Jewish principles, not Jewish practices, a bunch of thugs and thieves taking uh, you know, stuff away from God's people. Why was that? They were totally blind, totally blind. The sad thing was, so were the people. They were bringing them their stuff. They were coming, you know, instead of saying, hey, this doesn't go with old law, they were doing it too. Don't always blame the preacher. <laughs> they thought, yeah. Because they thought what they, they were being taught by the scribes and Pharisees, and all, they thought what we were being taught was correct. But when blind leads blind, what happens? They both fall in the ditch, right? Okay. So, he said this, this blindness has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. So, we're back to that fullness of the Gentiles, that time of the Gentiles. Uh then shall, you know, then shall come out of Sion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Who is Jacob? Israel. Okay, in their Kairos moments, let's put it this way. So in their Kairos moments of time, they have been cut off from God, speaking of the Jews, and led into captivity. And they've been cut off from God in their rejection of the deliverer. They were cut off from God in Babylon. They were cut off from God uh, because they didn't receive Jesus as their Messiah, they were cut off, cut off, cut off. What does that mean? I know 
I said that. Yeah, when you're cut off from something, you don't. They had no access to God, not because of God. They had no access because of their own blindness. Daniel 8 tells us the Gentiles will rule and reign until God ultimately subdues in the end. The Jews are going to have to put up with this until God subdues in the end. And again, we'll talk about that next week. Revelation 11 and 2 says the Gentiles will even be ruling during the Great Tribulation. And this makes sense, right? Because Antichrist, the Gentiles will still be ruling in the Tribulation time. So, so keep in mind, the end times is not a boom, bam, it's, it's a series of kairos moments that happen. Some things happen for us, the church, some things happen to the Jews, and some things happen to the world, boom, bam, boom. And that brings in and ushers in the end of time. But we're going to talk about, if Jesus came today, how many more years would we have before the end of time? At least a thousand. At least a thousand. I, I'm a thousand and seven guy. So, so I'm a pre trib guy. So at least, at least a thousand. So the times of the Gentiles is completed when Jesus sets up his kingdom here in the millennial reign, the scripture says. That's when the times of the Gentiles is ended. And so when does the millennial reign start? When Jesus. When Jesus. Jesus' second return, which is when. I'm not asking you for a date. There's an import that G, that God gave us in Scripture that when this is going to happen, there is a kairos moment. Something's going to happen at the end of tribulation. The Gentiles are ruling, and the Antichrist says, "Okay, Gentiles, everybody gather together. We're going to come and war against Israel. They will not bow to me." And then there's a war. What is it? Armageddon. At Armageddon, we as the saints come with the Lord, but we do nothing but view as the Lord with, with His Word annihilates the armies of the Gentiles. Loosening the Jews from that. And at that point is when He, come, after Armageddon, He sets up His millennial reign. Now again, we're Americans. It's not bam, bam, boom. You got... Understand, there's this is kairos or time. He Jesus used the term times for, for a reason. So, so, so the theocratic kingdom that had gone away at Babel at the Babylonian captivity. What is the theocratic kingdom? It's the visible kingdom of God. Now, Jesus sets up the visible kingdom of God again in Jerusalem. So, the theocratic kingdom is now on the earth again, but it's not the old law. They don't, they don't follow the old law. It's actually the law of Christ. It's actually Jesus in Jerusalem to be worshipped every year, to be, and that goes on for a thousand years. And so, so we understand that the Gentile times, so you know, wait, 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 I thought it ended at the rapture. Understand, it's not bam, bam, boom. But understand, so we'll talk about the rapture next week, that, that part of that kairos moments is the rapture of the church. But then other things have to happen in the Kairos moments, in those imported times. Remember, something has to happen to the church. Something has to happen to the world. Something has to happen to the Jews. All these happen at a sequence of, of, of time, Kairos, that brings in the, 
but the, the end is not yet. It just brings in the millennium. Since the time when the Gentiles began in the earth, the Jews have been, since that time, the Jews have always been trodden down. Let me see if I can finish this tonight. The Jews have been trodden down. Through the different ages of different kingdoms, and even in Jesus' day, the Gentiles ruled the Jews. That's going to continue on until what we just talked about has happened. Now, here's the interesting thing. that It's during the time of the Gentiles that the gospel actually spread throughout the world. God's intent was that there would be a Messiah came that the Jews would spread the great gospel news throughout the world. But the Jews refused to do it. They stayed right in Jerusalem. Most of them didn't receive him as the Messiah. But those that did never would leave Jerusalem. And so we understand that's why Jerusalem had to be destroyed, to disperse them. But it's interesting that the gospel really didn't take hold until the Gentiles came into play. The organizations and inventions of the Gentiles have been God's greatest tool in spreading the gospel. The pagans, the outsiders, God used our inventions, which are an example. Let's start in the first history, first century. What, what was the known language of that time, or the most prevalent language? Greek. So what, what was the original manuscripts written in? Greek. And so what, what, what roads did they travel down? Romans. So they used the Greek language. The Roman road spread the gospel through that whole region. You know, all roads lead to Rome, right? Why is that? Because all, ro- all roads were taken out of Rome. All the ro- known given roads that, that were good roads. So, uh, uh, listen, there's all kind of things. When you look in, look in our history of man, uh, you know, there were great ships that were created years later hundreds of years later, that could traverse around the world. At one point in time, that was not possible. But the, the, and again, when I say the creations of man, the, the inventions, it's God's stuff that man somehow put together and made work. But God used it to spread his gospel. The ships that went around the world, that uh, went around the globe. Think about this. Radios, airplanes, printing presses, computers. All of these things are the inventions of the Gentile that God has used to propagate the gospel. Times of the Gentiles. So our times, the times of the Gentiles, are as important to God and the spreading of his gospel as any times of the, of the, the theocratic times of the Jews. We, we have to understand that because in the end that's very important. The times of the Gentiles have always been a part of God's purpose. Always been a God, part of God's, but that the time's going to come when the times will be done, the purpose fulfilled, and the next fulfillment of God comes to pass. So I want to put because we're going to talk about that next week. There's going to be a come a point in time when our opportunity, guys, opportunity as Gentiles is over. God has purposed it, used it. It's fulfilled. It's finished. It's complete, as the word He uses. So next time, that's what we're going to talk about. The next time we meet together, yeah, when you start looking at and and quite frankly, we've always said this prophecy has to happen and that prophecy has to happen for Jesus to come, and that's really a misstatement. 
there's no scripture that says these prophecies have to be fulfilled for Jesus to come. Now, Jesus coming at the rapture is not Jesus' second coming. That's another misstatement. Jesus' first coming was when? We've said it before. Bethlehem. Why is that? Because his feet are on the earth. So when is Jesus' second coming? When does Jesus put his feet on the earth again? Second coming, which is when? Just throwing something at you. Little. Because in the, at, the, at what we call the rapture, which rapture, y'all know, comes from the Latin word that means to steal away or catch away. That's what that word comes. It's not in the scripture, but catch, catch away is. But, but Jesus, we, we meet him in the clouds. So shall we we'll ever be with him. He, he doesn't come to the earth and set his feet on the earth. That's not the second. There's a misstatement about that, and that's where some prophecies get messed up because people are trying to pin this on that, and it doesn't work. But the second coming, that's what we're going to talk about next week. Any thoughts? or? Oh, I'm sorry. Thanksgiving. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, week after next. <laughs> So it gives you a whole two weeks to. They, uh, I read some books about founding of America, and they, you know, you, you hear about, well, they came over here for religious Christopher Columbus wrote in one of his trips that on his way here, there was a, he called it a brilliant light in the sky that directed him to a certain, y'all realize where Columbus went, right? <laughs> y'all know that he didn't come. He, he was, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Go, go, go south, go south, go south. But he said a brilliant light led him in the sky. You know, and of course, Ufologists, y'all know what ufology is? UFOs. So that was, oh, that was the, the aliens and the UFO leading Columbus where he needed to go. No, God, God was leading him where he was supposed to go because the gospel had to be spread in particular arenas of the world for certain things to happen later, which we're going to talk about. So I hate to keep saying that, but I don't want to talk about it tonight because <laughs> it's too broad of a subject. All right. Thank you all. Look forward to seeing you this weekend. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.